Jesus, looking at the man, loved him and said, You are lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Wow. That was a very hard request from Jesus. And one may ask, Jesus didn't even bother to ask this man how he made his wealth and how long it took him to make such wealth. But he told him straight to his face, go sell all that you have, everything, and come follow me. And that sounds like a command. Go, sell all that you have and come to me. It sounds like a command. Humanly speaking, that's how it sounds. But wait a minute. Jesus doesn't mean that when he said go, sell all that he has. Jesus was trying to propose a new way of life to this man. He proposed a new experience of detachment. A new way to follow Jesus is by embracing a life of detachment. And there are a lot of things around us that hinder us from finding fulfillment in life and being at our best. There are a lot of things that are denying us or stopping us from coming closer to Jesus or becoming a disciple of Christ. And that was why Jesus proposed a new way of life to this man. And this man got offended and he left Jesus in a sad mood. The spiritual journey of this rich young man started well, but it didn't end well. His journey was like a seeker that was terminated in the end, of, in the end with a tragedy. His face fell. He went away very sad, for he had many possessions. He thought Jesus would have proposed something nice to him, but he became sad when he told him to sell everything and to follow him. This man was a self-described good man. He observed all the commandments right from his youth age. He was a sincere, young, rich man, very humble, that he came to Jesus seeking for an answer on how to grow in his spiritual life in order to gain eternal life. Jesus shocks him. However, by telling him to go, sell everything, and to follow him if he wants to inherit eternal life. Jesus says the man must give up all that he has. And this man, because he wants eternal life, he wants eternal life, but he doesn't want to make a sacrifice. And he forgot that to be a disciple of Christ, you must carry your cross and follow Jesus. It is a requirement. It is, it is a command that we must. Jesus said, Jesus didn't say to this man, go if you want, 
go sell your things if you want, and then come to me. But he commanded him. He was very straight. He hit the nail at this man, telling him to go and sell his things and come back and follow him. This man wants to, he wants to fill himself with God's grace without having experiencing what, having experienced self-emptying. In Greek, we call it kenosis. He didn't, he wasn't ready to give up. He wasn't ready to let go. His search for eternal life did not have that commitment in him. He came to Jesus to have eternal life without having any willingness to change himself. From being a sincere seeker or a searcher, he ended up becoming a sorrowful seeker because he went back without gaining anything from Jesus. His attachment to his wealth took, him, took away his initial joy and happiness and also the privilege of him being a disciple of Christ. We have to understand that in order to experience the fullness of joy that God wants from, for us, it is first very necessary that you and I free ourselves from our attachments. Only when we free ourselves from the things that do not help us to grow closer to God, then is there, there will be room within us to fill it up with God's love. Love that is so fulfilling that it flows into generosity to others. When we receive the love of God, when we allow ourselves to receive God's love, then you and I can show love to others. And that's why some people feel very insecure to give out because they feel they have not received love from God. And that's what this man struggled with. And that's why he ended up not being happy with Jesus, but he left in a sad mood. We can see it is difficult to give up what we hold so dear to ourselves, the things that make us to be very comfortable and provide convenience. All those things represent our accomplishments, and, and that gives us, and, all the, and the things that give us high prestige or status, sometimes we find it difficult to let go. Even some of those things that make us to, be, to, to feel too proud of ourselves, because we are attached to it, it makes us not to let go in order to be a follower of Christ. Jesus assures us that if we give up things for his sake, if we rely on him totally and choose him above all else, we will receive a hundred times more than in the present age. The other day, we had a funeral in our parish of this woman. She, she's a very wealthy woman. She dresses very gorgeous, you know, very wealthy woman. But unfortunately, when she died, she was just put in a casket. 
none of his wealth went with her. So we can see that for us to have that eternal life, we have to let go. We have to detach ourselves from those material things that deny us from coming closer to God. We are here today because we believe in the one who gave all to give us life. We are here because Jesus gave himself for us. Jesus selflessly gave himself in order that you and I will have life. Think about the life of Jesus. If Jesus was to be a selfish man, if he didn't let go, if he wasn't a humble man, he would not agree with his father to die for our sake. Jesus gave up everything, and he did that with joy. But this man was unable to give up. He lost that initial joy that he has been in the presence of Christ. Matthew Kelly said, we experience joy when we grow, and when we grow, and we experience joy when we grow, and we grow when we live in the presence of God and listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Knowing that God is with us, we continue to seek to make God our greatest treasure. It is better for you and I to depend solely on God because that is the greatest, the highest treasure that you and I will gain when we leave this world. If you don't attach yourself to Jesus, you are losing the greatest treasure that he wants you and I to be. And also we have to trust that we will know joy not only in eternal life, but here in this life, which he has graciously given us. When we come closer to God, God will give us that joy that we need and happiness, peace, prosperity. Every good thing comes to you when you attach yourself to God, when you attach yourself to Jesus. So for us to be closer to Jesus, let us continue to pray that nothing may hinder us from following Jesus Christ. May we continue to have Jesus to be our source of joy and happiness and peace. Let us also sing with the psalmist who humbly says, fill us with your love, O Lord, and we will sing for joy. I would like to end with these beautiful words of one of my favorite saints, Saint Mother Teresa of Kakura. She said, let us keep that joy of loving God in our hearts and share that joy with all that we come in touch with. And that radiating joy is real if, you, if we have no reason, for we have no reason not to be happy because we have Christ with us. Whoever has Christ has everything. Peace be with you. My name is Father David Bloom. I'm the Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese. And in that capacity, I work to 
call forth vocations, or maybe more uh, accurately to call forth others to call forth vocations. And so uh, it's a beautiful work, and uh, it gives me great joy when I get an email from a young man saying, uh, Dear Father Bloom, I'm not sure, but I think maybe God might be calling me to the priesthood. As you can tell, there's usually some doubt in there, and that's okay. The Lord can work with that. And so, uh, and so I, uh, my homily today is not about vocations, but I hope that you are a parish and you are a people who call forth vocations. And you do that certainly by praying, Lord, send workers into the harvest. And then uh, you also pray, Lord, send holy, healthy men into the harvest. Um, and it's not just, of course, calling forth men to the priesthood. It's calling forth uh, all forms of consecrated life for men and for women and calling them forth uh, to serve and to lay down their lives completely and totally. And it is a radical calling. And uh, the Holy Spirit is moving and motivating the hearts of many young people and some who are not so young to do exactly this, uh, to respond to these calls. And so I'm very uh, happy uh, this year we had, uh, we had 14 men who stepped forward. We had a 15th uh, who had to step away because uh, his, uh, uh, his uh, family member was quite ill and he needed to care for that family member, but he will be back uh, before long. Uh, so uh, 15 men entered the seminary, uh, some at the level of the college seminary, some uh, at the uh, major seminary or graduate level seminary level. And so uh, please pray for those who are in the seminary. Pray for those who are discerning their vocation, whatever that vocation may be. It may be some are discerning, Lord, are you calling me to marriage? Are you calling me to religious life? Are you calling me to priesthood? What is it, Lord, that you desire? And so uh, sometimes it can be very clear. Most of the time, it's not. And so we need that clarity uh, from the Lord. Well, in my homily today, uh, I, I need to mention that I draw a few points from Bishop Robert Barron. And as you might know, he's on the radio. He'll be on EWTN. And some time ago, I had someone come up to me after Mass and say, uh, Father Bloom, are, is there a place where priests go to get information for their homilies? I said, actually, there's probably a couple hundred places. But he said, well, I was just wondering because my wife and I, we were, wish we were listening to uh, Bishop Barron as we were uh, driving to Mass. And you know, your homily and his homily were almost identical. <laughs> and I just said, yeah, I know. He borrows my material all the time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, he always has wonderful points, and so I like to try to find a couple of key points and add those to my homily. Now, if an angel of the Lord were to stand before you and said, whatever you pray for, the Lord will grant, and I will go before the throne of God and uh, plead on your behalf and ask that he would grant your prayer. What would you pray for? Well, some would pray for 
better health or healing for a loved one. Others would pray for peace in the world or maybe peace in their own hearts. But I suspect that a great number of people would pray for great riches. They would pray to have more of the material world. Oh, the things we could do if we had more significant resources. We could do all of these things. Well, in our first reading, Solomon, king of Israel, was the author of the Book of Wisdom from where we read, and he had every worldly thing that he could want. And so he pleaded for wisdom. He asked the Lord for wisdom. You can't put a dollar value on wisdom, can you? But he asked for wisdom. Uh, all piled up wealth was not comparable with wisdom in the words of Solomon. In fact, he says, all gold in view of wisdom is like sand. Solomon says, I pleaded and a spirit of wisdom came to me and I preferred her to scepter and throne. Scepter and throne uh, referring to his own kingly authority. Well, if we could turn back the clock and have more wisdom, there's probably a few things every one of us would have done differently. We won't go there, but uh, there's a whole bunch of things where wisdom would have come in so handy, and it always will. Now, our first reading in the gospel usually have a connection. There's a connection between these two readings, and I think today that connection is centered around what the world has to offer compared to what God has to offer. And so God offers wisdom, and Solomon desires that ahead of the earthly riches. But in our gospel, there's this young man who puts the things of the world ahead of spiritual riches, ahead of the actual invitation from Jesus himself to come and follow him. This young man wants to know what he must do to inherit eternal life. He even kneels down before Jesus and calls him good teacher. So it appears that he must really, he has a good idea who Jesus is. He's probably heard of some of the miracles that have taken place. He may have listened to him uh, at different places. And uh, he asks him, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so when Jesus directs him to follow the commandments, he replies that he has observed them from the time he was a child. Of course, the Lord knows this. He knows what a good man this is. He looks upon him with great love, uh, but he also knows that he has a weakness. And his weakness has to do with having a great deal of riches. So Jesus directs him to sell what he has and to give to the poor that he may have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me, Jesus says. Now why does the Lord do this? This would be difficult for just about everyone. Well, it's not so much, I believe, it's not so much that this man owns many things, but the fact that his possessions own him. And Jesus is able to see this. Uh, it's not that he owns many things, but the things he owns actually own him. And uh, he is owned by his own riches. He's not free. He cannot part with any of his wealth. He has more than he needs, but he is attached to the riches to the point that he cannot let them go. 
And this keeps him from having this beautiful relationship with Christ. He's been invited to come and follow me. Uh, but first, do this other thing. Now, in the Gospels, it is very rare that Jesus calls someone and that person does not follow. Uh, it's a very sad situation that we're, in, uh, that we're encountering here. Uh, you know, Jesus called the apostles and each one of them, they laid down their nets. So our Matthew walked away from the, uh, he, from the tax collector's post. He gave up his job and uh, many made great sacrifices to follow Jesus. Uh, so that's really the kind of call that the Lord has on our hearts. Uh, oftentimes there's some sacrifice involved. And so I started off by talking about uh, these beautiful vocations of priesthood and consecrated life. And yes, there are sacrifices, but there are great and beautiful riches involved as well. And so uh, here this good man is called to follow Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, this is a, a man who's lived his life well, but now Jesus is calling him to embrace something greater than the material world. Uh, there are things more important than your riches, he, he is telling him. And so uh, it is a sad scene. The man turns away and is drawn back to the place of safety and comfort. Now it's hard to break free from the material side of life. The Lord calls us to have a sense of abandonment for the things of this world and to keep our eyes upon him, to put our eyes on the things that are yet to come, uh, to not be controlled by the things we have. I don't think we conclude, conclude that this young man never followed Christ. He may have pondered the words of Jesus and later followed uh, what he was calling him to do. Uh, taken on a sense of abandonment uh, for the things of the world and followed Christ. Now, as a priest, I've encountered many people who live this out quite well. Uh, it's not like they live in poverty, but uh, they're not attached to the things of the world where they cannot let go of them. I'm thinking of a very faith-filled woman named Kathy. She was a member of a parish where I was the pastor, and because of her wisdom and the Catholic faith, or, well, because of her wisdom about the Catholic faith, I asked her to write a regular column for the bulletin. And Kathy died at the age of 58 after a long battle of cancer. But people will long remember her wisdom uh, in those columns and the beautiful things that she had to say and how she inspired others to live their life for Christ. She was a prayer warrior and rather detached from the things of the world, though she had many things, she could let go of them. And in the last column, she wrote these beautiful words. She talked about what is important in life. And she said, what does matter, what is important, is that I loved and was loved. I was drawn to God. I have learned that life is all about preparing for the day that we die and come face to face with God. And I have learned that when that time comes, it doesn't matter so much what I've accomplished. What matters is what I've been able, through God's grace, to do for others and what has been done for me through the love and mercy of Jesus Christ. Kathy was blessed in so many ways, and she gave all of her talents and her time and her energy to build up the church.
and she could freely do so with a sense of faith that God would take care of her. And she never let anything get in the way of her relationship with Christ.